baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and today's date is the 28th day of January 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. You know, if you take the 101 even further, you will, if you eventually hit yourself in Los Angeles, then you take the five. You take the five and you head down to one of the most beautiful cities in the country, and that's San Diego. And starting next year, San Diego will be, say with me, the only city that is a Major League Baseball-only town. Do you know what I was thinking about this the other day? The Rams helmet has that sort of, it's a helmet that has kind of a swirly yellow thing on it, the Ram horns. The Chargers helmet has a curved lightning bolt. Those two helmets are, are, are pretty similar. And they're the two helmets that are going to be in L.A. So stupid. San Diego had the Padres, the Chargers, and for a while, the Clippers. And now the Clippers are in L.A. The Chargers are going to be in L.A. It's so funny how nobody, nobody, nobody wants the Chargers in L.A. Except the owner. Not one person in Los Angeles is saying, oh, man. Love me that the Chargers are here. Welcome, Chargers. Welcome. No. There was there was some tangential excitement about the Rams, but I think there was more about, hey, there's a we can go to a football game here. I mean, I see a few Rams shirts and everything when I'm down in Southern California, but uh, yeah, it's it's not really a buzz. And now they expect to have two teams? Stupid. Stupid. They care about them when they win. But San Diego, I've talked about the Padres before. This is not the first time I've brought up San Diego, and I'm, it's not going to be the last time. Because I, I'm, truly, I'm truly interested in what's happening with this franchise. Because it is an opportunity to show how big fan, the level of fandom you're going to get in San Diego. And as I said before, once the Warriors move to San Francisco, and once the Raiders move to Los Angeles, all the cities that are not, with the exception of Anaheim, but the, all the cities that are not L.A. and San Francisco will only have one team that bears their name. And you could even say the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim barely bear the name of Anaheim. You know, Sacramento, Oakland will still have the A's. The Angels and the Ducks will reside in Anaheim. Um, Padres will have the, uh, what's it called? We'll have the, pod, the Padres will be in San Diego, Sharks in San Jose. And that insecurity goes around. Now, I've made that plea to Padre fans to show your worth and make it, you know, just show up to the games. The weather's going to be good. You're living in San Diego. The ballpark is great. It's downtown. You can grab something to eat afterwards. There's got to be 35,000 people a day 
who can go to a Padres game. 35,000 people a day. That's got to be the, the, that number has to be part of the Padres' mindset. Get, you know, if there's kids' groups, there's old folks' homes, there's naval bases, there's tech companies, there's a guy named Bill. Go out and say each day we're going to find, even if we have to wheel them out there, 35000 a day. And I'll tell you why. Even if you have to lower the prices a uh, crap load to get people used to it, to get people used to that being part of the day. Hey, tell you what, we're going to go down, we'll go, to, we'll go get something to eat, we'll go to the Padres game, and then afterwards we're going to go to this bar in uh, the Gaslamp District and we'll have a nice night of it. It doesn't have to be the same 35,000, but find 35,000 people 81 times to show up there, even if you have to make the prices lower than dirt. For a couple of reasons. First of all, the experience of going to a ballpark is so great when it's a packed stadium. I've been to stadiums that are empty, and I've been to stadiums that are packed. And yes, there is a certain charm when you're in an empty stadium. I went to games at Candlestick Park in the late 80s, early 90s. I went to games at Yankee Stadium in the early 90s, Shea Stadium in the early to mid-90s, games in Oakland now, Pac Bell. I went to a game in Montreal in 1995. I've been to empty ballparks. I've seen, believe me, Yankee Stadium in 1990 was a morgue. They were, no one would be in the ballpark, maybe 17,000 a game. And there was a lot of room to put your jacket down, your hot dog down, and put your feet on the chair in front of you. I went to a game at old Cleveland Municipal Stadium in 1993. Um, yeah, I'd say there were 60,000 empty seats. I'd say there were easily 60,000 empty seats at Lestat Olympique when I went there in 1995. And when you go to games in Oakland, I've been to games in Oakland where, man, it is friends and family there. Friends and freaking family. And guess what? I've been to Oakland when it's packed. I've been to AT&T Park, and it's always crowded there. I've been to Dodger Stadium when it's sold out. I've been to playoff games at Yankee Stadium. Playoff games at, uh, where, where else did I see a playoff game? Uh, oh, a couple games in Oakland I saw that, that were playoff games. And I've been to absolutely a jam-packed Tiger Stadium, jam-packed Sky Dome in Toronto. And it is a better communal experience when you have a packed place and everyone's going crazy. When it's almost empty, yeah, you have that moment you look over at the person like, I can't believe this place is empty. Hey, you and I are here. We're real fans. There you go. And that has its charm. But to be part of something, to be part of a communal experience of the game is visually and emotionally tremendous. But do you know what also it is? It's better television. When you're watching a game, 
Let's take two teams that don't draw well. San Diego doesn't particularly draw well. Um, and they're playing the Rockies. There you go. The, that was big in 2007. But in 2017, not such a marquee matchup. So, and, and that's not to pick on the Rockies who are improving, but it's, it's, not, a, it's not a big matchup. You're Petco Park on a Tuesday, Padres-Rockies. Uh, let's just be honest. You're, you're, you're expecting 18,000, okay? Tops. And that's 18,000 paid. And you watch the game, and like you hear, yeah, nice hit. Like individuals yelling stuff during the game. It's kind of sad when someone hits a walk-off home run and you hear the crowd like, yeah, nice hit. Joe, like, you're, you're, oh, thanks, Lou. I mean, you, you, you can hear the individual things. It's kind of sad. And you even kind of roll your eyes. Like, Jeez, there's nobody there. I do it too. Man, there's nobody there. That place is empty. That place is a morgue. When you go see some game, when you see a game at Yankee Stadium, they have all those couches behind home plate and down the third base line for those super expensive seats that are empty. Even if there's 40,000 people there, you're watching it. God, is anyone there? Now, why does that matter to us? The quality of the game is still high. If you have a great game between the Padres and Rockies, 13 inning game, diving catches, great home runs. Why is it more compelling to see a game at, that's being played at Wrigley or, or Fenway or, hell, at, at AT&T Park or Dodger Stadium where you got a big crowd? Why is that more compelling? Because it's entertainment. Because visually, audibly, it's a better experience if you are witnessing a big crowd if you're witnessing you're hearing a huge roar that place is going bananas and everyone's jumping up and down beyond just the game itself it's not in a vacuum it's love this place is going nuts it's good they're going crazy when you watch a postseason game and you know that final game between the cubs and the indians and it seemed like it was 50 50 and that almost felt like a Super Bowl game because half the crowd seemed like they were Cub fans, the other half were Indians. So no matter what happened, you heard screaming and jumping up and down. But there is an intensity to it. And there's an intensity when a huge crowd is silent. I mean, watch when the Marlins clinch against the Cubs in 2003. That final out, like you can hear the individual players. Same thing when they, they beat the... Um, Yankees in the World Series that year gives you an idea of how well Marlin fans travel. But the experience of watching a game, a huge crowd, what happens when you see that? When you see a big, huge crowd at a game? It makes you want to go. It makes you want to be part of that. Even if they're not necessarily winning. It makes you want to be part of that communal experience. 35000 a game. That's what they need to do. That's what they need to find. They need to find that for every day so that when you watch a Padres game, and the Padres have a good television contract, and I'm sure they get, they're going to have very good ratings. 
You know, live sports have good ratings because it's a live show. It's on, you know, it's 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 content that needs to be watched at that time. And I'm sure it's at every bar in the gas lamp district. And now it's going to be added bit of pride. So 35,000 of you show up every day. Create little groups. Say, well, which one of you are going to be here? Because what it does, it improves the product. It's one of those weird things that a fan base can do. Look at, I'm going to take Cleveland, for example. I was there in 1993. 1993, my father and I went there at the old stadium. It was a morgue. No one was there. It was silent. Two years later, we were at the Jake. Now, granted, they had a great product then, but they went on to the World Series place was jam-packed and it was electric and you wanted to be part of it. So I guess the Padres have to find 35000 a day. And again, if it means lowering the ticket prices, we're not judging the success of a franchise based solely on their attendance and based solely on the gate. This is not 1919. There are other means of making revenue other than the turnstile and how many soda pops you sell. It's more advanced we, though, through the media, through the, the, the television, and through what should be uh, streaming every damn game in the San Diego area. You're starting to see teams starting to stream. Good. You're going to start to learn. You're getting a bigger crowd that way. But it's a television show. It's entertainment. It's visual entertainment as much as anything. And the image of your team winning cut to the stands, it's empty. Your team loses, you cut to the stands, there's still a huge number of people there cheering the team on. Cubs would sell out year after year, even when the team stunk. And visually, it was dynamic. It was wonderful to see that. San Diego needs to make the act of going to Petco Park, as much of the identity of the city of San Diego as going to a game at Fenway is to Boston, going to a game at Wrigley is for Chicago, and going to AT&T Park in San Francisco is part of the reason to come to the city. And it is. I was in the Bay Area. When they played at the stick, and going to the stick was only for the rough, the tough, and the diehard fan. The stadium stunk, it was ugly, it was inconvenient, the traffic was terrible, and you sat there and you froze your ass off. Now you go to AT&T Park. Now yes, they've had a ton of success. Yes, you've had two errors in AT&T Park. One where you had Barry Bonds hitting the snot out of the ball, and the other when they're winning the World Series three or four times and everything. I know it's three times, but you know what I'm saying. So yes, they've had success, but what has also come about is people wanting to have the communal experience of being at this beautiful ballpark that's downtown and that it's part of the fabric of San Francisco. That's what this should be for San Diego. That's the possibility of San Diego. 
San Diego is now a shorthand for a small market, small revenue team that doesn't have a chance. But you know what? That can change. It can change because you can make San Diego's a baseball-crazed city. San Diego has the Padres. Man, they love their Padres. They are the biggest payroll in the world, but their fans love it. And all you have to do for that is to find 35,000 paying customers to show up every damn day and create the image of that and have it be something that becomes part of the DNA of the people in San Diego. Now, one thing they could also do is there's a bunch of players that are out there. They don't have a great team, but they need to, they, they need to just look at the available free agent pitchers and the available free agent infielders, because their infield is a mess right now, to look at whoever's out there right now. And the pickings aren't great, but, you know, figure out, are you going to make an offer for Hamill, Jason Hamill? Are you going to make an offer for Eric Ibar? Are you going to make an offer for Gordon Beckham? I know this is not like me saying, hey, we just picked up Mike Trout. Well, Mike Trout's not available. But I guess in some ways, the model for the Padres should be what the Red Sox did in 2013 to a degree, which was they signed a bunch of players to one-year deals. And did there not be long-term solutions? And just filled in the spots. Talented free agents are still out there. And to say, hey... We need a couple infielders. We need a couple. We need depth in our pitching staff. We could use a couple more bats. Go out there and say, "Hey, you're, we'll sign you to one-year deals. If you're doing great and we click, that's fantastic. If you're doing great and we're not winning, uh, we promise we'll trade you off by the trade deadline. Get to play for a contender. They get to throw some more minor leaguers into their coffers. One of the things about the Padres is they have an incredibly deep farm system with lots of good young talent, but they're about two or three years away. So between now and then, if this, this class probably won't come to fruition until around 2020. But before that, they can change the culture. Have people come to the ballpark. It's there. It's already a great place to see a game in a great downtown location. And the weather's going to be great. Make it part of the identity. Make it part of the DNA. Because in a few years, these talented players may blossom and the Padres may be great. And if you can make that blossoming moment happen, just around the same time that going to games at Petco Park is just something everyone in San Diego is used to doing, then you have a new dynamic market. You have a unique market. The only baseball city that only has Major League Baseball and becomes the pride of the city. And you say, oh yeah, I go to San Diego, I go there. And becomes something that you just assume is true. Franchises could turn their fortunes around. Franchises that are poorly attended can become well attended. Now, I could say this about other cities and other teams, and 
And, you know, I wish that Cincinnati was a bigger draw, and I wish that some other teams drew better. But the fact of the matter is San Diego, change your culture. You have the stadium, you have the weather, and soon you'll have the players. You have to fill that park and make the experience, the visual experience of going to a Padres game be something you can't resist. It's the velvet rope syndrome. When you see a velvet rope and a line in front of a club, people want to go in there more. When you see a film is number one at the box office, you say, oh man, I think I'll go see that. Even if the film has absolutely no interest to you, you see something, oh, that was the number one film? I wonder what that's about. People like to go there. So do you know what? Even if you have to drag people in or do what you can to make the experience there, maybe there's some people who don't think about going to Padre games. Maybe it's something that doesn't occur to them. Make it. And guess what? San Diego could become one of the great markets. They have everything going for them, including weather, location. So, and of course, a fan base that can focus on them. So that's your job, Padres. Lower ticket prices now will mean a bigger market later. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. So go to SullyBaseball.com. Like me on Facebook, Reddit, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Begging the city of San Diego to open up their markets and you know, be a bigger team. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 20th day of January 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.